0: Huh?
1: You've added milk to your iced a coffee, little, i just noticed.
0: A little milk. Ooh. A petit
1: peu. Interesting,
0: today. interesting. Coffee matters most when cared for from plant to cup.
1: We're committed to roasting and delivering a coffee drinking experience to be remembered.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Cielo Coffee.
2: Coffee, 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 coffee.
0: We're back. How are
1: we doing? We're back, Linda. Ah, where have you been? I
0: don't know. It's been too long, too it's been so long. long. Do you call it, it a podcast still? If you are also videoing it, yeah, good. Not a video podcast webcast video. We
1: Let's just pretend it's a podcast, and then people can <laughs> watch the video later if they want.
0: Nice. I like it that <laughs> it's everywhere. So, what are we uh, introing? Because we've got some info. Wow,
1: we've got a great podcast today haven't we I have, I have. because we're chatting with um, Rwanda Rwanda I mean uh, we've just got a coffee in haven't we this has all come about yeah um, and we don't want to give it all away because we're about to see the you but we've got a great coffee in that had an incredible story that we couldn't keep to ourselves yeah <laughs> we
0: did hint at it on social media a bit that there was a story coming yeah um, but we had the coffee and the coffee is delicious
1: Oh man, that's even better, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's really black currant chocolate tea. It's great, Rwandan.
1: So where have you been, Linda, anyway?
0: Well, nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) What a question of 2021. (laughs) no,
1: yeah, that's
0: right. I've been been nowhere. nowhere.
1: But we just not... Busy. We've not been... Weirdly busy. We're back in our podcast, aren't we? We've got a few in store.
0: Has everyone found you've done that thing where you had... For some of us, lockdown was a bit quieter. I know it's not the same for everybody, but if lockdown was quieter, then you had the opportunity to kind of re how busy you are. And then you kind of thought, I don't want to go back to being as busy and as hectic as I was before. I'm going to be a bit more purposeful about choosing what I take on. And then life just comes back 100 miles an hour. And uh, there's not so much flexibility as you thought in choosing. So I feel like it's <laughs> been busy.
1: There's a weird amount, isn't there? I mean, four kids Even probably Even just part kids, of that.
0: kids' clubs and but things you it is. Do.
1: It's funny, isn't it, how the world...
0: Detail, just so much small detail. ...loves
1: schedules. It's all good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we do love schedules so and busyness busy. and...
0: Uh, but we really want to do some more interviews, don't we? So we've got a good one for today
1: Absolutely. to get us back
0: in the swing yeah. of it of what we really enjoy doing and are passionate about, which is people's stories and invested into good stories and people with integrity and, uh, doing the best we can with our little bit.
1: I think we're live. Good morning, Facebook. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Sorry, we're a couple of minutes late, just a few technical issues, but we are, you know, going a long way this morning in our, um, live chat so we're so excited to be here and um we've got two very very special guests this morning for our 11am live. we've got phil schluter from olam coffee who is a wonderful chap who uh, helps us import most of the coffees pretty much that we all drink um with uh which we're going to hear loads more about and we've got live from rwanda theo (laughs) <laughs> who has helped us get hold of this latest coffee which is on your subscriptions this month so hopefully you've had it if you haven't it's because you've still got a week to go or about three days to go so most people would have had it by now and this is the rwanda coffee which um comes straight direct through theo and phil so thank you guys for joining us good morning good morning
3: Morning. morning.
1: Um, morning. Tell, us, tell us really briefly uh, who, uh, what you do Phil, Schluter.
3: Um, firstly, I'm very thankful that 11am live starts at 1107. That would suit me in life <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never on time for anything. Um, I run a coffee business. Uh, it was once Schluter acquired by uh, Olam, uh, who's been Great people, our family became part of the Olam family. Uh, So to be, and I've spent my life working with African coffee now with a a slightly broader um, origination that goes across the world. But basically we run here a business which imports the best coffees we can find around the world um, and supplies small roasters like yourself.
2: Absolutely brilliant.
1: And Theo, um, welcome.
2: From Rwanda. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Sorry I have a little cough, but I hope it's not COVID.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So do we. Every every time anyone coughs now, it's like, oh no. no." Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes. So it's my first time to go live on anything like Facebook. Thank you so much.
3: Excited
1: to have you, Fia. Thanks for joining us. So we're going to start with Phil. Just tell us a little bit, Phil, about how We've got, well, actually, firstly, can I just chat? Are you, is it right, your sixth generation coffee importer? Is that, is it
3: six? That is correct, yes. Six,
1: so Phil, we're talking to a six, this is always excites me every time I ever talk about it's Phil. Incredible. So, six well,
3: generation. I have to, I actually, have to say, it's sixth generation in the family business. I don't think when it started in 1858, there was commercial coffee being exported from anywhere. Um, so I think probably the coffee came in probably in, in about the 19... 19- 40s 50s before that it was timber and other products that were being traded at the time amazing
1: amazing and so that's quite an inheritance and um we're excited when we met phil because of the way that phil doesn't only bring in great coffees which taste incredible which is you know obviously a given that's really important but um the ethics that phil runs with and lives with really challenged us and moved us and made us go we you know we really love this guy and would love to get coffee through him uh he's someone we talk a lot about how we we you know some couple of coffees where we're more connected and a lot we trust people and it's mainly phil that we trust actually (laughs) who brings in with integrity and one of the things i love at the beginning when we first met you was there was this real ethos of mutually beneficial trade which you Work with which was you know we want great product but we also want to make sure it works really well for those on ground and growing it particularly in Africa at the beginning which we we're excited by so um so yeah really excited to have you on today Phil and so tell us how how have you how did you come to get to know Theo and where did this kind of journey with this coffee come start
3: so I Actually, I think first I had an email from my uncle, Uncle John. He ran the business before I did in uh, Switzerland. So I lived in, this business was in Switzerland until about 10 years ago when uh, having married a scouser and had uh, three kids at the time, now four, and traveling a lot, it seemed wise to come and move to Liverpool and create a home base here. Prior to that, I was in Switzerland for 16 years. Um, And in our local church was an American uh, guy called Paul Benke. Um, who's a good friend of myself, and my Uncle John. And my uh, uncle rang me and said, uh, Paul Benke is in contact with me asking if we can help with a, an issue he has in Rwanda, um, in coffee. Is there something you could do? So um, I then got in touch with Paul and was given a bit of the background to uh, Theo, who he was. Um, uh, he had, Theo got to know Paul in the US and Paul's daughter. Um, Kami had gone to Rwanda and done some work and Theo had helped her a lot there and they had been inspired by this uh, uh, vision uh, that Theo had of using coffee to generate revenue to to help with some of the projects he has with widows and um, kids in Rwanda. So I then got to hear a bit of Theo's background story. If I'm honest it was something I wasn't particularly keen on getting involved in at the beginning just because yeah I guess we have to run a, a a business here now. I don't own this business um, now. I'm managing it, and we have to do things which make commercial sense. Um, and it seemed quite a stretch to to jump in and get involved with one container of coffee. I feel it's a little bit like the parable of the uh, judge who doesn't want to get up in the night, and the widow who bangs on the door often enough that he says, "Well, I must go and do something because there's something that needs to be done." So, um, yeah, I think the door got banged enough times. So, congratulations on Theo for his persistence uh, and and Paul and I thought yes this is something I need to uh, get involved in and help out with. Um, so I don't know if you want to hear the the background of the story from Theo or i give you a brief um, background but I think there was a I'll give you a brief one and Theo can fill in and correct yeah, me if yeah. I get wrong. I think there was an enthusiasm and inspiration um, that came from both Paul's daughter Cammy, and from Theo and his thinking around coffee and some of the projects he was doing on the ground with this concept that coffee could be a great way to generate revenue to support projects that do good in Rwanda. That's been my passion in life. I grew up in Kenya and East Africa in a very privileged uh, position, but surrounded by poverty. And I've always had this passion to do something uh, that would make a difference. And I've seen a lot of charities do good things, but I've seen a lot of charities turn up with, you know, four by fours, big budgets and actually not end up achieving very much. Um, And so I'm very passionate about empowering people on the ground through business to to create revenue that is then sustainable and carry on. So that matched very well with what Theo was trying to do. Theo was in touch with some Rwandans in the UK who shared his vision and were very keen on helping him. Um, But I think there was just a a lack of matching enthusiasm to reality um, with a vision of bringing in a full container of coffee. turning it into packets and selling it in the uk it it sounds simple when you talk to it like that and i'm not really surprised that it could be picked up as an idea but as you will now well know bringing in 320 bags of coffee 19 over 19 tons turning it into roasted coffee and selling it it's not that simple um so theo had ended ended up in this difficult position where he had a commitment from somebody in the uk who was not at the time in coffee but with a every goodwill in the world to, to help to buy a container of coffee. Theo had committed to the co-op to take the container of coffee. Uh, and then the the buyer was simply unable to, to take the coffee or bring it in. So Theo was then left with a commitment to the co-op um, at what was a very good price, which is good because the farmers need to get paid well. Um, but then in a difficult position where um, NIAB was quite threatening in terms of uh, wanting him to honor his contract or face legal consequences of not doing so. So um, that's where we stepped in, tried to bring some commercial reality to it, uh, talked to all the parties uh, and then launched uh, an appeal that you uh, kindly yep. responded to, to see if people would be willing to take some of that coffee if we bought it in um, and help Theo honor his commitment to the cooperative, which thankfully he's done. Um, and that allowed us then to buy the container and bring it in. So we've bought in 320 bags. We've got a commitment for about 70, uh, which have gone. And the rest of that coffee is still sitting uh, in the UK. But the price at a sensible price, that so means we were happy to bring it in. And I'm sure particularly in the current market with shipping challenges around the world, prices going up uh, and everything else, it won't, uh, won't cause us too much of a problem. So yeah. that's a brief summary. But I was inspired by Theo's background, maybe you will tell us a bit more about that, some of the projects he, he's doing in Rwanda. Um, it is my passion to use coffee to improve lives. Yeah. Um, in Africa, that was our strap line when we were Schluter. Um, yeah. And that's something that still drives me um, every day. So it was a great project to get involved in. I think you will know better than anyone the challenges of trying to sell coffee. Coffee is an industry that looks, A, it looks very unjust from the outside, People live on a dollar a day, sometimes two dollars a day, to produce coffee that is not consumed by them. It's consumed by people largely in more affluent countries who pay two or three dollars for a cup of coffee. And and that inequality is very stark in coffee. Um, at the same time, you can buy green coffee, roast it, and sell it for twice the amount. So it makes the roasters look like the bad boys in the uh, in the story because they can double the price of coffee. But the reality is to find someone to buy the coffee that you've just roasted and packaged is a very expensive business. So you've either got to employ people to go and do it, or you've got to pay for advertising, or and you've got to own the stock and build a roasting factory and all that's very expensive. So um, it's really, for me, a, a business built on brands, coffee. Um, more than most businesses in the world, the brand holds the value. And the brand actually is a very expensive thing. To create, um, I think the likes of Facebook and Instagram and so on is making brands more accessible um, for people at origin. But I think that the reality is the of the economies of a supply chain are there that to, to create a consuming market is expensive. The cost of consumptions very expensive. Um, but if we can create these links and these relationships, um, then if we can add value to the final product and pass it back through the chain in an efficient way, we can make a real impact mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. lives at origin, which is exactly what Theo's dream is. Yeah, um,
1: let's hear a bit about that. Um, thanks, Bill. I mean, I, I just, I think you summarized it really well and it is a real challenge, um, but it's also one that can be exploited so much more as well, Connit. It can be really, this whole chain could be really exploited and it can, really you know, probably is in a lot of places and that's why we need the integrity of those like yourself bringing in doing the deals and bringing the coffees into places like us, which is a really you know high risk kind of shipping and everything uh, high risk business as well. And so we're really grateful that, to partner with with yourself to do the, to get hold of some good coffees that we know people are being paid you know well for and um, opportunities like this with Theo come up. Where, although, you know, like you say, you need to be commercial, which is so important, but I love the fact, feel that you're very heart driven as well. And that's why we love this. And this is a real heart driven story. And I remember getting a message off you to a few of us roasters in the UK going, hey guys, can we, can we rally together and do this? Because this would be amazing. And, you know, we were in a second, we were like, yes. I mean, this is, this is why we do what we do, it's for us. So Theo, We would love to hear from you. So tell us a bit about, so you are from Rwanda. Yeah, you grew up in Rwanda and you're living whereabouts now?
2: Yeah, so excuse me. Um, First of all, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. If it was not you, I wouldn't be talking about coffee today. Phil, Thank you so much for the hard work and thank you for really supporting me. So I grew up in Rwanda from the Northern province. And what really attracted me to that coffee in the region in called Gekenge in Choko is because when we were running for refugee, I was separated from my mom in that same valley where the coffee is grown. Right. So when I was working on the crop project with a uh, Kemi from the US, we ended up in the same cooperative, and we are working on a story how women, the role of women has changed over the 25 years and how women now can do the work that men did to support their community transformation. And we ended in the same region. And this farmer said they wanted to partner with me with the vision I have to, to use coffee as a tool. So to give you a little background about my life story, I grew up as a complete orphan, no mom no dad my mom, my dad was killed in the genocide and then later wow. my mom died and I really know I really don't know exactly what killed her, but uh, we were also living on agriculture. My family, my entire family depended on agriculture and after that, I, I, nobody could support me. So I grew up in the orphanage. After that, I got a chance and went to the US where I tested coffee for the first time. And after that, I could come to Rwanda and take coffee to the US as gifts to people. And whenever they tested the coffee, they said, Wow, this is the best coffee we've ever tested. So that's when the dream developed in 2011 that when I come back to Rwanda, I would use coffee as a tool to support orphans, especially single mothers, widows, and their vulnerable kids to have access to quality education. So few came in at the right time. It's required by the government that you have to have the capacity to export a minimum of a container of coffee. But I don't have that finance. Since I graduated from school, I've not had any other job other than talking to contacts, just sleeping with the coffee vision in the mind and and feel has been like a, a light to to be having the exporting license that I'm having today. And mm-hmm. I'm really happy and excited that you were called to join this, and I have a long story, so. Amazing. I would be happy if you ask ask <laughs> the questions.
3: So what? So you, yeah, maybe you can tell us some of the things you're doing with the single mothers yeah. uh, and the the widows and the orphans in Rwanda.
2: Yeah. So I have so far have five single women. One 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 was their family was killed in the genocide. The mom was got and raped and. She's left alone. And after that, she also got impregnated at age 16. Then the husband abandoned her and I'm paying their school fees and I help I help with healthcare. And then I have another who they has the the father abandoned with the mom and I'm paying their school fees. But it's still done on a personal level because my business has not yet really developed to generate mm-hmm. enough money to support them so i've been struggling with them the more i struggle to support the business grow and the more i struggle with them to provide the health care and education yeah sure so and what
1: would be your big dream for where it's going what would you what do you dream about being
2: able to do to help more so the my dream is to sell more coffee. The more coffee I sell, the more I can generate enough profits by retaining 10% of the profit generated to support these single mothers. So I work as a social enterprise. Yeah. So the big vision is to build a research-based school for vulnerable kids in Kigali. So it's, uh, it's big. Wow. It needs partners like you and people like feel who risks to take the whole container at the last minute so it's a it's a big vision that needs big support and big coffee sales
1: yeah yeah great and it's and it's obviously start somewhere that's very exciting so that will be a school for vulnerable children and research did you say research as well
2: a research based school and then start income generating activities for these single mothers. Great. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely
1: brilliant. Amazing. And so
3: yeah, Nick, I think sometimes we think we're very entrepreneurial in uh, in the UK, <laughs> but I think <laughs> until we go and see what what uh, people are able to do with very little in East Africa, we have no idea what being an entrepreneur is all about. Um Okay. yeah I think one of the the other realities in in East Africa is that often women are better managers of money than men. Maybe it's the same in Europe I't do know <laughs> but uh, I think certainly in terms of uh, providing health care, looking after the children, making sure those important things are taken care of, um, often we find that at least in the East African context, women are better at managing the budget to make sure those things happen Um, and so there's quite a lot of talk in coffee around women's coffee why it's important to support women farmers and entrepreneurs and I think some of that context is useful to to make consumers realize why that's important because there's a lot of talk about it in coffee I don't see many women's coffee being offered by large brands or anything, or at least being picked up by consumers. And I think sometimes that's just a lack of understanding of what the social impact is of yeah. supporting those coffees. So, yeah, um, that's
0: a, I think the assumption is it's just a, like, not just, but an equality thing that yeah. we do here in the West, whereas actually it's an economy choice yeah. as well.
3: Mm. Theo, can you tell us maybe some of the projects you've seen um, entrepreneurial women doing in Rwanda?
2: Well, so since the lockdown, I've not been doing much for it to be honest. Um, When you got the green coffee beans, my my dream is to sell a final product, the the reason why I went into green coffee is to meet the requirements to retain the exporting license, but um, I really want to, to do this, but I haven't done much I've been doing on my personal level. So far, yeah. Yep. And were you uh, working with someone
1: as well who was helping women in entrepreneurship on a project?
2: Yes, I've I've, I've been I've been working with a, a cooperative in the Southern Province in Nyanza District to support these single women. So, but this organization didn't thrive. This yes. mm-hmm. it's still also developing and rising up it's mm-hmm. not it's already as free as
1: yeah sure and have you found mm. that's shown there's quite a lot of you know need for it and potential there
2: yeah so we we he he i want to do this through a church so my friend already has a church it's tabrist, and it's running but mm. we still he already has the land But because of the lockdown, it's everything has been on a standstill. We've not been doing much. So I expected to generate profits from this coffee to support 25 identified families, but we couldn't. Okay. Yeah.
1: So as you start to grow, that would be how you'll do it.
2: Yes. Uh, There's a lot that has to still come together.
1: Yeah, definitely. But also, I mean, I think it's learning as well. And like, in some ways, this the success of this has been, you've, you've shipped a container at this stage, isn't it? And, you know, it could have gone wrong at one point and it didn't. <laughs> so that was, that's amazing in itself. And yeah. your heart and what, you know, what you're wanting to do uh, in your home country. Do you know, can you tell us any more about the co-op where the coffee comes from is that near to you, or is that the? I, I'm, I'm going to say
2: it terribly.
1: Go
0: on, say
2: it. <laughs> okay, so the coffee comes from the northern part of Rwanda in the Kenya district. So the the there's a, the administrative structure of Rwanda. We have the province, which is the biggest, and then we have the district, and then we have the sector and the cell. So. It's in the Gakenya district in the northern part of Rwanda in the volcanic region. So from the coffee plantation, you can only drive for 40 minutes and be in the volcanic valley. So the coffee is very from, uh, not far away from where I live now. Yeah,
3: yeah. And is, that, is it close to the border with uh, DR Congo? Sorry. yes,
0: it's no,
3: sorry. We disappeared. No, no, you're back again, that's fine. We just carried on without you. <laughs> you. Good. Hello, so fine. Fine. Good. <laughs> sorry, Theo, you were just saying it's near the near the Congolese border. The near Kongo the Congolese
2: border. border, yes. And uh it, that's near where the, the volcano the
3: erupted about three or yes. four weeks ago.
2: Yes,
3: yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I don't Is know if you like, followed that, it? Nick, but the volcano just outside Goma erupted uh, about a month ago, and the lava mm-hmm. mercifully came it came down right to the edge of Goma City. Wow. Um, so we have about six employees in Virunga who lost their houses uh, to volcanic lava flow. Um, mercifully it stopped, um, didn't go any further. They've had a, quite a few earthquakes and there's a few risks still in the region, but it displaced a lot of people again um, outside of that region. So it is a yeah, a challenging region yeah. to work in. Yeah. I think yeah. Theo, I hadn't picked up on the, the story that you were telling us at the beginning, that um, it's where you were separated from your parents. So I presume they were fleeing in the genocide towards the Congo border, were they?
2: Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, when, when the genocide against Tutsi started, I was living in the northern province, in Brera district. So when my okay. dad and the family were killed, we came back to Kigali. I had an uncle living here. When we came, we we were forced to go to church and my uncle was still having the pain. He couldn't go and he was a pastor. So when we returned from church, we found when he was already killed also. So we had to again go back to the north towards our home. So we were going towards Congo in that very where the cow truck farming farmers are uh, so in the same region. I was separated from my mom for about six days. I was wandering in plantation, and I remember I could squeeze the juice of the coffee to quench thirst when I was lost alone in that same region. So that's yeah. why I'm really wow.
3: very attracted
2: to the coffee. Um, honestly, I don't know when I was born exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to guess if I cannot remember my dad's face maybe I was five maybe I was four yeah. so my made up birthday is September 22th 1989 yeah so I- wow that's amazing
3: yeah mm.
1: so um from the so did we discover is the from the eruption recently, did that get the coffee station or affect the coffee station where we got the coffee? No. No,
3: no, no, no it's no, just a, a, it's a similar it's region. Safe. Similar. Yeah, the, la- yeah, the lava went down region. on the, the Congo side, but you would you can see that volcano, I presume, from the northern region. So if you're driving in northern Rwanda and many places when you get a view at, at night you can see the volcano glowing because yeah. it's quite an active volcano.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the, the 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 effects were like uh, earthquakes and then uh, I'm not good at geography the land detaching and yep. actually yesterday, yesterday two days yeah. ago the president of the Congo and Rwanda met at the border to see the effects then. right and um, you could see that on some news wow. yeah but uh, on the Rwandan side there was no much destruction only on the border side yeah so the coffee plantation is like
3: so i carry on first
2: yeah the coffee plantation is like uh two two hours away from two hour driving away from the volcanic eruption
3: yeah yeah so theo just to get some because it's useful to when we have a, a live session just to get some reality of economics in east africa if in a rural community like the ones uh, you're talking about in the north, what would the average family income be for a month?
2: Well, some families honestly can, could even live less than ten dollars. That's honestly speaking from that's what I see. Not research best but even some people don't get that income.
3: I think that's where my 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 passion in the coffee mm. sector comes from. That we we, we can't bit. live with this guilt. I've struggled with this all my life. That I I go to visit many yeah. poor regions in East Africa where they grow coffee. I have a sticks in my mind when I went to Yirgacheffe, where some of the best coffee in the world come from. And I had a packet of biscuits, and I took it out to give it to the kids, and they grabbed it off me, ripped it open. All the biscuits fell on the in the mud. And they dived on them and ate them and it took like five seconds i wish i had it on video because it would be very very powerful we're so hungry and it really strikes you and then you come back here and you know you get a go to mcdonald's and get a plastic toy that lasts 30 seconds and you think you know with the money we spend here on things every day we could do so much in east africa you you can't live life with this constant guilt that you you know, you, you you can't live your life. I think we have to learn to wake up every morning, be very grateful and thankful for what we have, because it's it's amazing. At the same time, live with this recognition that with very little, we can achieve a huge amount yeah. um, for the people in, you know, communities like that. I, I think there's also a misnomer that we're the first world and they're the third world, because I think <laughs> in the things that really matter in life, such as community yeah. uh, and family values and... You know laughter, yeah. even you see a lot more laughter in East Africa. they're the first world, and we've become the third world, so we've yeah, got yeah. lots of finance and money, but we've lost a lot of the things that matter in life, so you don't want to lose that. you don't want to turn Rwanda into uh Liverpool or Leeds. you would lose mm. a lot, but I think we we have the we the privilege and the ability to make a massive yeah real impact on improving standards of living and basic uh living in places like Rwanda um, and East Africa. Rwanda is an amazing economy. If you go there, you know, the, the the changes in Kigali in the last 20 years are outstanding. You know, the streets are cleaner in Kigali than they are here and actually mm-hmm. better in many things. It is an amazing country and an amazing how it's growing and the economy and everything else. And yet it still lives just through historical reasons with this abject poverty, which is, you know, everywhere around yeah. you. And yeah. so anything we can do, you know, if your packets of coffee are 50p more expensive and 50p goes back to Rwanda, it seems like nothing. But actually you give 50p to somebody who lives on $10 a month, that's almost 10% more income for them. So yeah. Yeah. we can make a, a very big difference with very little, which I think is, is Theo's passion and a, a fantastic vision. And it's a, it's a matter of learning how to do that in steps that makes it sustainable. Um, and Definitely. you know each person plays their part. So Chiello has been fantastic. You came back very fast when we asked for help, which we appreciate. And that is, you know, just your heart reacting and and I Definitely. think achieving something which will make an impact.
1: Definitely. No, exactly. And we are learning and, and, and growing as we do and just trying to do our best. But you know, that's exactly why we're so grateful to you, Theo, for 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 stepping out. And, and making this, you know, bold entrepreneurial moves and and daring to try and do things a little bit differently. And um, we're so, so pleased that we got connected with you through Phil, because it's wonderful what you're doing. And um, we hope we can get many more coffees from you and do our bit, which is what it's all about, isn't it? All of us doing our bit to try and um, take a bit of responsibility for what we can do. so. So thank you so much, Theo. Um, really love hearing yeah, your story, you. your time with us today. It's been been amazing to hear. Um, and, you know, we'd love to continue to stay in contact. And Phil, you know, once again, we're just so grateful for you and the, the manner of integrity that you are and the way that you bring us not only great tasting coffees, but um, coffees like this from Theo and uh, um, where, you know you can just see every conversation we have i get inspired because you're just such a man of value and and doing things properly and well um not only commercially but also by heart and and that's a hard thing to balance but we're so grateful and we love uh, what you do and continuing yeah. to get coffees with you and, uh into the future so thank you so much for spending time with us yeah, as well phil um, very appreciate it. Thank um, guys, thanks for watching with us today on Facebook. It's been great. If you've got any more questions, just drop uh, some comments and we'll try and answer them for you. Um, but we've loved hanging out together. What a special 11am live this Monday morning. What a great start to the week. Everyone enjoy uh, whatever you're up to. We're live on Wednesday on Instagram. Uh, just the two of us. <laughs> A bit more boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. So, coffee or something, and then we'll be live on Friday back on Facebook. So, thank you guys so much for being with us. Really brilliant.
2: All right, thanks. Bye.
0: There we go. Wow, wasn't it good? Wow, I told you it was a good one.
1: Honestly, it's a
0: it's a moving story.
1: Honestly, I love it. I absolutely love it. And
0: it properly floored me when his answer to my question about when he was like separated from his mum and couldn't find her for six weeks. When I said, how old were you then? I knew he was going to be young so I was kind of feeling a bit like prepared for the fact he was going to be a small child. But when he just said, I I don't know how old I was, that did flaw me a bit. I I was like, oh my goodness. just can't imagine. You're just guessing your age based on how much memory you've got of events. Which, It isn't like a huge thing, is it, really? But just how much we are driven by our age and our...
1: I know. I
0: don't know. Yeah, anyway, the whole thing was incredible, really.
1: Such a privilege to be able to share that story and share those guys with you. And, you know, I love... We're so grateful. Phil, from there, is an incredible guy in the coffee world. He's an incredible guy, anyway. Um, And the way he does... You know, sixth generation coffee importer, the way he does mutually beneficial trade, really ethical, is great and they make sure we can trust him yeah. with those purchases. But once in a while, a bit like the Uganda that I'm sure you know a bit about from our story, the, you get a coffee like this that goes just that little bit further and the way that Phil got to rally people around and say guys come on let's buy this coffee this is going to save this guy from prison yeah that's right it's amazing and I love that yeah and we're not beating ourselves up here we're just privileged to be part of that
0: it was just an opportunity when there's an opportunity there because you don't have to I think we don't want to be like the wonders of X Factor and places that thrive on the sad story it's not that is it because all coffee trade done well is really important but sometimes when someone knows somebody has a connection and brings a personal story um, and you've got an opportunity to support then it's a bit of a We've no-brainer
1: so here's the thing we had we first put this out on facebook live that you might have seen and immediately at least two people got in touch saying can we just can we give some cash to help this vision that theo has um, for supporting children at risk which obviously he was at one point in his life, and he's giving his life to help children at risk in Rwanda and teenage mums. And obviously, we know that first and foremost, we are delighted that just doing good trade is a great way of, you know, making sure that the money we spend on coffee goes to the right place to help. So the fact that we bought this coffee, the fact that you're buying the coffee,
0: yeah,
1: all is is meaningful do you know and that's where we really want it to be as much about not just we'll get some cheap coffee here and we'll sell you coffee and then we'll do you know we'll we'll raise some money we want to say that actually we start for us it's about doing the coffee makes a difference
0: in itself definitely he
1: recognizes that yeah and he's not in any way said i'm trying to raise money but a couple of people got in touch said could we donate some money to help support him in his vision and encourage him and be a blessing in the next steps for him. Yeah. And We thought we totally agree and we've been thinking similar, how do we do that? So we've done, what have we done?
0: So in uh, July we're going to do 50 pence from every bag of the Rwanda that's bought, we'll go to Theo um, from us anyway, just as an extra, extra margin given to him, um, which will probably top up a bit as well. And also
1: we have gonna put a donate button so on the page on our website where you buy the Rwanda coffee if you go to the all Coffees section on the website click on the Rwanda coffee at the bottom of that page it says would you like to give a little bit more to support Theo and his work then you can just click the donate button and you can give as much or as little as you want it just whatever you want to do to give a little bit above and beyond buying a bag of coffee please do it's there we're not gonna make a massive thing of this because we just feel that we wanna if you're if you wanna respond to this, then please do as an do, option. As Ooh, an option. Yeah. It's great. And every penny just goes direct to him and his work with those individuals. I love the way he's picked that, individuals yeah. that he's working with at the moment, because that's how you know grassroots this is. So there's an opportunity. Thanks yeah, for thank listening. you for listening, guys. It's great to be back. We're gonna it be doing is. more of these. Yep. So please Come back and listen again. If you've got, uh, and you want to get in touch with us, then just do the usual channels through the uh, social media or our website. Please do. Um, We'll see you next time.
0: See you next time. Hear you next time.